You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore batty. Today I thought we'd have a little fun. Um, we did win, and you know, Packer fans, some of them mad, some of them happy, but we won. And so we don't have to grieve as other teams grieve. But it's the grieving that I want to focus on, because there are two real joys in all of life. One is watching your favorite sports team win, and two is watching their rivals lose. Other than that, it's just life. No good, no bad. Just floating matter through space. <laughs> Anyways, let's, uh, let's do some stuff. Before we do, though... And the point of this is to be much more, well, it's not really optimistic. It's to be pessimistic about other teams. But something just came up, and I wanted to, I wanted to talk about it, because you know how I get about weird stuff. I get weird about weird stuff. You know how this last game Aaron Rodgers threw, like, a pick six, and then we won in overtime and all that? Somebody, let me get his name, Dave Schroeder, pointed out that the last time Rodgers threw a pick six was in 2017. That was also a game that we won in overtime. That was also a game that we won 24 to 27. And so my first thought is, how did the next game go? (laughs) And there's sort of a good news, bad news thing here. So first of all, are there any real parallels? Well, the Cincinnati Bengals weren't a super great team, but they were like two and three to start the season. Kind of similar to the Patriots. Not great, but kind of middling to start the season. And they ended the year 7-9, and nine, which I would assume is roughly where the Patriots are headed. I mean, can't obviously exactly be that, but that's not the point. I was also curious, because that was Game 3, so it's not exactly the same, although wildly similar. But what was the Packers' record through four weeks? It was 3-1. and one. Same record through four weeks. Same overtime win with a pick six. The Packers ended up going to 4-1, and one, and that's when the wheels fell off. After starting 4-1, and one, they ended 7-9, and nine, losing to the Vikings, the Saints, the Lions, beating the Bears, losing to the Ravens, the Steelers, and then beating Tampa Bay in overtime, Cleveland in overtime, three overtime wins out of seven wins, then losing to Carolina, the Vikings, and the Lions to end the season. I hate stuff like this, because as much as I look at it and go, this is stupid, it has no bearing on anything, you just kind of look at it and say, it's kind of similar, right? And I'm sure we started the season 4-1 and one thinking... Maybe this is going to be a good thing. I, mean, I, don't, I don't exactly remember what my thoughts were in 2017, but even if we're 4-1 and one and the thought was, you know, there's some problems here, but hey, we're 4-1, and one, that's kind of where we're at now, isn't it? Hey, there's problems, but at least we're winning. And then you add in all that other stuff that I've been saying about, yeah, but if they don't start getting better, then the winning will start turning into losing, and that's exactly what happened in 2017, and then we didn't go to the playoffs. Other interesting little tidbits. The first three weeks... 
That would be the game up through Cincinnati. The score is 17-23 and 27. Pretty much all the Packers have done offensively. The next game, though, 35 points hanging on them. Bam! The game after that, 35 points. Same thing. That's how we go 3-1 and one and then 4-1. and one. But then our offense falls off 10-17. All that, right? So that is to say there's... If, if things fall in line, we got some big games coming up. And that's also... And that's the worst part, because it's like, man, that's what we need. We need to just blow a team off. Whew, nope. We need, what is the thing? We need to blow them out. 35 to 14. That's what we did to the Bears the next week after the Bengals. And then we did 35 to 31 against Dallas, and that's kind of scary. And then it all kind of... So I don't know. I, I, I'm going to have this in the back of my mind now, where it's like, even if we win big, it's like, yeah. And it's like, yeah, we did this in 2017, too. How did that turn out? <laughs> Ended 21st on offense, 26th on defense in terms of points. Anyways, let's get let's get off that. Because we're better than that team. That team sucked. This team is going to win the Super Bowl. Moving on. Let's do what we came here to do, all right? I have so many tabs open right now. I'm doing too many things. Let's, uh, let's pick on the Bears, because let's be honest, that's kind of where we're going to be spending most of our time. The Vikings won. So, although there might be a clip out there somewhere, I'm not going to spend several hours trying to find the couple Vikings fans that are pissing and moaning about the fact that they won, but they won ugly. Um, so let's uh, let's 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 make fun of the Bears. And it is time now for our Fields Guide, presented by Green Ridge Farm. Justin Fields officially in this game goes 11 for 22. 174 yards, which isn't over, by the way. Uh, Notice how we just start right from the beginning because <laughs> I just made a note on this clip. It just says the whole thing, dot, dot, dot. We won't do the whole seven minutes, but it's pretty hilarious because it's just it's just bad. His all-time low over-under, which was like 140-something, did not throw a touchdown, did not throw an interception. Passer rating came out to 76.7 in this game. He did run a bunch, seven rushes for 52 yards. And this is a very unofficial stat for me, but I thought he was going to be out for the year five times. <laughs> that's, that's an important thing also. Let me just pause it here for the Chicago Bears. Not only does this team suck, and not only does Justin Fields suck, and by the way, they, they are in full protect fields at all cost mode. Half the fan base is. We got to blame Dan Arlovsky. You don't you dare expect Justin Fields to be good at football. <laughs> Shut up, dude. Uh, how many times Joe Burrow went to the Super Bowl with what? What offensive line did he have? Garbage offensive line. How about Justin Herbert? Do you know how bad the Chargers offensive line has been? I, I don't know exactly where they're at right now. I don't think it's great, but it's bad. Most teams in a position to draft a really high quarterback, do so because they're a bad football team. It's very rare that you are a bottom five team with an elite offensive line and great wide receivers. That just doesn't happen. So shut up and spare me with that nonsense. Beyond that, Justin Fields is number two in the NFL in pressures that are his own freaking fault. Like 25% of the time when he gets a pressure, it's his fault. So... No, I, I, he, he does get responsibility for that. He wouldn't be pressured nearly as much if he wasn't causing his own problems. Um, 
And then, yeah, there is there is the additional added issue of when you decide, I don't know how to throw a football, so I'm just going to run all the time. You're going to take a bunch of hits and we've already seen it. And there's been flags, but the flags are no comfort when you're when your guy is out with concussions and his career's over. Right. I mean, that's that's not going to bring you any additional comfort. Well, at least we got at least we got a little 15 yards tacked onto that. Hey, eh, boys. I mean, Fields career is over, but hey, I'll take 15 yards for an NFL career. So uh, it's a disaster. He he took some hits that were super uncomfortable. The one where his ankle bent back, or I, please don't have your knee fall off right now. I mean, hit after hit after hit. I was worried at halftime with the offensive line, Cody Whitehair going out. I'm like, yeah, is but- Justin Fields going to be able to finish this game? To his credit, he did. Do you remember? I know he mentioned Whitehair went out, and but first of all, that is that is Bears fans' least favorite offensive lineman this year, so I don't even want to hear it. Do you remember how much trash they were talking about their offensive line and how good they were? Tevin Jenkins is just dominant, although he's not even he's not even playing right now. Which they're saying there's always an excuse. There's always if if Tevin Jenkins would just play, we'd have a great off. And then he plays, and they're gonna suck. But if, there's always like another thing. But Tevin Jenkins is so good. They're late round rookie tackle at left tackle that's not going to be a disaster of course not they're a late round second year player at right tackle that's not going to be a disaster no way um yeah is sam mustafer back at center like we'll figure it out <laughs> this is this is exactly what we said would happen we told you your offensive line sucks. We told you Justin Fields would be running for his life all the time. We told you that your wide receivers suck and you wouldn't listen. Wasn't pretty. Certainly would have helped if he got a little bit more help. Um, you know, the Dante Pettis drop, that play has to be made. Darnell Mooney, that catch that came back. I'm not putting that on Mooney. That ball needs to be better. But right. still, every once in a while, you need your receiver to help you out a little bit. You'd hope that ball didn't hit the ground. I just I made this comment a few times during the games. Like, sometimes Fields just throws a heavy ball, and that means the ball – like the nose of the ball dives down and that causes the ball to sink and there's too many low throws like that. And so he needs to be better. There was the play on uh, that was going around social media a bunch in this game where he scrambles and actually picks up the first down on a third 10, but 17 guys are open. Well, Darnell Mooney came open because (laughs) the, I'm assuming it was a safety. Maybe a linebacker comes down when field starts to run I don't have a huge problem with him not throwing that ball or not seeing that. But as time goes on, and he did pick up the first down with his legs. We have to point that out. But as time goes on, as he goes through these situations where he climbs a pocket and realizes if he scrambles, then, yes, someone's going to run down on you, throw it over their head. That could have been a touchdown for Darnell, to Darnell Mooney if he had seen that develop the way it did. Right. It's it, it's gotten to a point now where there is no cohesion on what he's going to do when he rolls out of the pocket like that or, you know, steps up to run. They're starting to block for him because they think they're just taking it off. You saw it on the one time where he rolls out and he tries to check it down to the tight end, keeping his eyes downfield. The tight end, while he's not a pass-catching tight end, wasn't even really ready for it because he's just assuming Fields is going to take off and run with it. So This is, by the way, a um, a very positive Chicago. I mean, it's not to say they won't go negative, but they've been pretty positive through this whole thing, and they're trying to not just completely trash the guy. But you can tell it's like they're squirming to be like, you know, he just kind of has to learn that, you know, when a guy's open... You know, you like throw it to him and stuff. 
And, like, you can't run all the time. And, yeah, I mean, it's bad that it's gotten to the point where, you know, receivers that are open downfield decide to just go find work and block because Justin's not going to throw it to him anyway, so we might as well start blocking. You know, I mean, stuff like that is happening. You can start to hear, and it's it's different in different places. Some places are in full breakdown. This is a disaster mode. Others are just now starting to come around the corner where it's like, all right, yeah, so this this might suck a little bit. And that's, <laughs> I think that's kind of the best case scenario, aside from like the hyper positive Bears fans on Twitter who are like, we're going to be so good in, in two, three years when Poles turns us around, which by the way, why do you think he's going to fix this? You guys do the same thing every time where it's, it, if there's an unknown, it's the best case scenario. We, uh, we don't know a single thing about Ryan Poles, nothing in terms of how good of a GM he's going to be. We don't know that. Nobody knows that. But because it's unknown, we can pretend that we know it's going to be elite. Same thing you did with Justin Fields. Same thing you did with Luke Getze. Same thing you did with Matt Eberflus. Already Fields is like, "Mm, not so sure about that, right? Wasn't it the first pick you guys made that's like the worst player on your entire team? And But yet you know for a fact, Poles is going to turn this thing around 100%. By the way, the only way he turns this around, you know what he has to do? After you guys completely play like garbage and fall off this year, he's going to draft a quarterback. That's what, he's, that's what he wants to do. That's what he's going to do. And if he's lucky and actually finds one that doesn't suck, that'll be the only thing that actually turns this disaster around. Anyways, I got a couple clips here from PFF. I only have notes on one of them, so I don't know what the other two are. I forgot, but let's play it and have some fun. Away from there. Again, this is a neutral party. This is PFF just talking here. This is not Bears fans trying to be positive or overreacting or whatever the case may be. Uh, I, again, I have to sit here and, and say that the thing that mattered most is what's going on in Chicago, because it absolutely is. Because, uh, you know, we all thought that they had potentially a franchise quarterback, and even though things were going... We all thought that? We all did? No. Maybe like PFF and the national media and Bears fans did, because everybody... By the way, can Bears fans shut up about nobody ever gives this guy credit? There was no more hype about any quarterback than Justin Fields. Nobody. He got more hype than Trevor Lawrence, and that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. He got way too much hype. Everybody said he, I thought he was going to be good. I thought in college, I mean, he, he was, I pointed out like the two best quarterbacks in college were Mac Jones and Justin Fields. So, you know, it's kind of scary. And even though the Ohio State guys don't usually pan out, he's clearly better than all the other Ohio State guys. So I don't know if I'm buying into that. So everybody kind of got on board with it, but everybody stayed on board way too long. So the fact that people coming into this year are surprised by what Justin Fields is doing is staggering. Going great in the coaching staff when it was Matt Nagy. uh, You said to yourself, okay, well, they can survive this because they got the franchise quarterback in place. Matt Eberflus is the guy there now. Um, Luke Getze, I think is how you say his name, an offensive coordinator. It's just whatever he's doing is, is not working, man. It's just not working. And I also find it funny that, again, we're blaming the offensive coordinator. They did this with Nagy. Exact same thing. It's all Nagy's fault. He isn't creative enough. He doesn't know how to utilize his players. Now it's Getze's fault. Now it's all Getze's fault, right? All you have to do is roll out Justin Fields, and he's going to be successful. I've seen that guy roll out 5,000 times. Guess what? He sucks a lot more than he did last year. This is this is what he brought to Chicago is a quarterback-friendly system that, that makes it real easy to read the open guy. He can't do it. The O-line's a problem. The O-line's a massive problem for this team. So I don't know how much progression we're getting from Fields. It's probably the anyways. root of the problems, right? 
I mean, Fields is also a problem himself. But yeah. it- thank you again. Trying like that's the root of the problem. That's the whole thing. Is the offensive line? It sucks for sure. It's a major problem, and it's hurting. Right? I say the same thing about Green Bay. The biggest problem is the offensive line. Like we, I, I love what they're doing as far as run blocking, but Rodgers needs a just just give him one more second, one more second, and in, in the the. You know, it changes everything. So no question offensive line is important. But let's not pretend to not see what Fields is physically doing when he has time. Okay? It's kind of like the the chicken or the egg, but it doesn't really matter, right? Because Fields has taken 16 sacks through four games, which is tied for the second most by a bear in that stretch since the 1970 merger. Love a stat that starts with since the merger. Trailing only Jay Cutler in 2010. When he had 17. Courtney Cronin tweeted that out, so I wanted to make sure that I gave her a shout-out for that because O-line allowed six sacks today. You're right. This team hasn't had a passing touchdown in three games, Connor. Burn. It's That's, I mean, it's just... In this, this NFL? Is, you can't... What what game were we just talking about where it's like... Oh, it was the it was the, the Falcons-Lions? No, oh. it, was the, it was the Falcons game. No, it was the Falcons game where I was like, you are not going to be able to beat teams throwing the ball or completing seven passes, right? You're not going to be able to beat teams when Kyle Pitts gets two catches. You're not going to be able to beat teams when Drake London gets two catches. You can sit here and be like, hey, we won the game by running for over 200 yards. That's cool. It's just not going to beat the best teams in the NFL. It's just straight up not going to. And it's certainly not going to be the case with the Chicago Bears roster the way that it is constructed now. So Chicago's in a bad place, man. They're a really bad place. The offensive line's bad. Fields has zero confidence when he's passing the football. His offensive coordinator clearly doesn't have faith in him to really open things up. It's just a mess all around. So there you go. It's a, it's a complete disaster. And he's right, you know, because that's one of the only things they have left to brag about is, yeah, well, we're one of the best running teams in football. That doesn't matter. You dominated the Packers on the ground and you lost. It's not going to be a thing where you're just this elite running team and you win a bunch of games, right? The Bears and the, and the Giants have found some success, but that's because teams like the Bears and the Giants, the, the NFL did a great job of pairing up all the garbage teams against each other. So now you got a bunch of really bad teams with really good records and it's like, whoa, this is a crazy NFL season. But eventually bad teams are going to have to start playing good teams and they're going to start getting just absolutely mollywopped, if that's the thing. I don't know. I just really wanted to say it and I hope that's the right word. Good. And then Justin Fields, again, six sacks here. Six sacks and 11 completions. There's just too many. (laughs) Did he just say six sacks and 11 completions? Oh, I didn't even know that. I, I listened to this whole clip and it just went right over my head. Six sacks and 11 completions. You didn't even have twice as many completions as sacks? Wow. Wow. You know, a couple of those sacks were for, for like no yards. But listen, for all the people last year who were like, this is Matt Nagy's fault. Mm. Matt Nagy is ruining Justin Fields. I mean, maybe he did ruin him, which is why we have these bad plays <laughs> this year. But you, everybody last year was like, Matt Nagy, you idiot. Just roll Justin Fields out. That's all you have to do. Like, Ju- Justin Fields has a clear, wide-open bootleg, right? You run the bootleg. Get the defense moving. You get the tight end in the flat. He's got an open tight end in the flat. He just doesn't throw it and takes the sack instead. That was the first sack. Weird. Weird. Is this exactly what I said would happen? Literally exactly what I said. All the Bears fans are doing is when when two guys leave, right, the coach and the 
GM are leaving. So what did they do? They took all the problems, put it on those guys, and said everything's fixed now. The problem is you're making that up. It's just something you can do to make yourself feel good. It's not reality. You're not physically taking those problems and physically attributing it to Matt Nagy so that when he goes back to the Chiefs now, they suck. This is, this is fantasy. The physical problems stay in Chicago with the problems, and one of the problems is Justin Fields. You were pretending and you were lying to yourself that Matt Nagy was the problem. Well, I watched it. I saw it. Okay. Okay. You can pretend to know that that's the case because there are some bad calls. Like, every team has bad calls. They just overcome them because they don't have such terrible football players on their team. Every team has bad calls. Just because you saw a couple questionable calls, like, oh, why would you call that? That's stupid. You think that doesn't happen to the Packers? You think that doesn't happen to the Chargers and the Chiefs and everything else where there's question? Pat Mahomes was just getting into an argument about it with Eric Bieniemy about a decision that was made. Bad decisions happen all the time. Bad play calls, which, by the way, a lot of the time fans just scream that was a terrible play call because it didn't work. If it was successful, nobody would be saying it was a terrible play call. would be saying it was a brilliant play call. But your plays work less when your team sucks. Go figure. For the Bears. Like, you got to get better at the easy stuff. Every now and again, Fields will reel you back in with the special throws, like he did last year in the Pittsburgh game and like he does to the, the Darnell Mooney throw. In, in, or a spectacular run here and there. He still had it over 50 yards on the ground. you got to get better at the easy stuff. Yeah. If you're so, Justin Fields and, and the Bears. And so, I know the supporting cast isn't great. I know all that stuff. And by the way, this was the game, as great as Dexter Lawrence was and everything, this was the game we expected probably the Bears offensive line to have all year, which was just getting whooped up front. We, they had been decent because they're not – pass protecting a ton and they are moving the pocket and doing all this stuff to protect them yeah it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to be one of the worst teams in, in pressures given up and sacks given up when you don't ever throw the ball that that's that's kind of skewing the numbers a tad but fields not only does he have to be better under pressure five completions on the 49 pressure dropbacks as we said let me just reiterate what he just said five completions on 49 dropbacks while under pressure Almost 50 times he's tried to throw a pass when there's pressure. He's completed five passes. Just got to get better at the easy stuff if you're Justin Fields, if you're, if you're going to be the guy going forward. Yeah, so six sacks, only three of which were charged to blockers. There you go. Everybody, and, and again, go look at Bears Twitter. What are they going to be saying right now? Six sacks. How could you possibly? Dan Orlovsky not even Bears Twitter. How could you possibly blame Justin Fields for this? Six sacks, that's clearly the offensive line's fault. No, the offensive line gave up three. Justin Fields was sacked three times because of his own stupidity? Because of his own, his own inability to throw the ball? His own desire to constantly scramble and do all these things behind the line of scrimmage? Three of his sacks were his own fault. I don't know what else to say about that. So yeah, that's what know. I'm saying. Like a couple where he's you know scrambling and they were for like no yard. That was like one of those no yards where you call it like uh, depending on where it is, it's like no gain or a sack. Like there was a couple of those. There's the fields rollout which was completely on him. But they 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 did give up a lot of pressure. Sure. I mean they did get whooped up. For well, my point being, it's not it's being made to look worse by Justin Fields at the moment. Yeah, I mean if you, yeah if you're looking at sack totals, yes, that's it's Fields. But this was this was a poor performance up front overall. Just just, uh, just bad across, across the board. This is the worst. 
you know, every year we come into it and it's like, man, this team sucks, that team sucks. Even with the Lions, I just can't remember something being this bad. I know we had a season not too long ago where they didn't win a single game, but in terms of just raw incompetence, the Bears and the Lions right now are on a whole other playing field. And and they've already won more games than the Lions have, you know, the last several years. They won three total last year. Bears and Lions will surpass that no problem. Still, Lions defense and Bears offense, some of the worst I can ever remember seeing. And I've never been less afraid of a Bears team in my life. Ever. This is a complete, complete disaster. Not like the 3-1 and one Giants. No. The Giants 20, Bears 12. Bears fall to 2-2. Two and two. Well, that changes everything. Because when I was saying that Justin Fields was struggling as a passer, all the Bears fans were saying, yeah, well, we're 2-1. and one. Mike <laughs> Renner just tweeted out an incredible stat. Did you happen to see it? Nope. What About Justin Fields. Justin Fields oh, has been under, he has turned. This is the quote from our friend Mike Renner at PFF underscore Mike. Justin Fields has turned 49 dropbacks under pressure this season into only five completions. Five yes. completions on 49 dropbacks under pressure. That's not good. Yeah. Um, Fields throws, I mean, his best throw of the year, an absolute dime to Darnell Mooney, 56-yarder. Not that you can take that away, but other than that, it's a rough offense again. Let me say this, too, because I saw the pass, and immediately I'm like, oh, no, he's going to have a good day. Maybe this is where he turns things around. Maybe he's going to have a better season. You never know. But Bears fans will, what, what they like to do in, in the national media and everybody else, they'll look at that pass and say, see, see, that's the talent. Dude, come on. Every piece of garbage quarterback in the NFL has made that throw. Every single one. Every single one. I can, I, uh, do you want me to prove it to you? Who's the, who are the worst quarterbacks in football right now? Just this year. It was it, his uh, deepest pass, uh, whatever that was catchable was 49 yards. We'll say catchable instead of complete because drops don't necessarily matter. But in this case, it was completed. Darnell Mooney caught it. I'm guessing that's the same one. 49 yards traveled through the air. You know who else did that? Mitch Trubisky. This year with the Steelers. It was also on target, meaning it was not just catchable. It was, it was right on the money. It wasn't caught, but there you go. You want a couple other names that are on the list? You got Nick Foles, Carson Wentz, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, Tyler Heineke. How about this one? Odell Beckham. <laughs> Odell Beckham has done it. Johnny Manziel. Jeff Driscoll, Jared Goff, Jacoby Brissett, Case Keenum, Brock Osweiler, Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Joe Flacco, Daniel Jones, Mohamed Sanu, Kyle Allen, not Josh Allen, Kyle Allen, Tyrod Taylor, Josh McCown, C.J. Bethard, Baker Mayfield, Brian Hoyer, Ben Roethlisberger, Carson Palmer. This is just since 2015. I'm not going back to the beginning of time. Teddy Bridgewater, did I say him already? I mean, RG3 did it in 2016. I didn't even know the guy was playing football then. He, was, he did it with the Browns. You know what? He did it three times with the Browns in 2016. Zach Wilson? I'm sorry, but, you know, one really good on-target pass for 50-odd 50, uh, 50 yards is not proof that he has what it takes. It's not. 
It's not showing he has the ability. See, that's how you know. That's how you can tell that it's there. No, that doesn't show you anything. The, the question I have is how many people that get to the NFL can't do that at least once? How many? If it's not zero, I'd be stunned. Stunned if there's, if there's anybody who cannot throw a 49-yard pass to a receiver. So yes, it's true he's not the worst terrible garbage thrower of all time. But throwing an on-target pass or a catchable pass 49 yards down the field is not proof of anything. Being a great quarterback is not about doing those things. It's about doing those things consistently and not doing really bad things hardly at all. Consistently not doing bad things, consistently doing good things. That's what makes you a good football player. Every single person in the NFL has the ability to do those cool things once in a while. Every subpar pass rusher has won at least once. Every terrible offensive lineman has blocked a guy. That's not the point. So no, that doesn't show you or prove anything. Anyways, we'll, uh, why don't we take a break and then we'll spend a lot of time with our friends over at The Tape Never Lies because those are my favorite people on planet Earth. My favorite Packers podcast is The Tape Never Lies because all they do is laughing at the enemy episodes about the Bears. <laughs> that's not how they phrase it, but that's how I phrase it. Anyways, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you'd like to support this year podcast directly, you can do it for as little as $1 per month. We don't have anybody supporting so far in October, so I'd love to be able to, you know, hear from you and whatnot. If you'd rather support a, you know, a worthy cause for once, fertilegroundranch.org. In their about section, Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry was birthed out of a burden to help those in our community and congregations who have come out of a difficult past or an addictive lifestyle who feel called to devote their lives to Christ and His Church. We believe that the Lord's desire for us at Fertile Ground Ranch is to invest in the lives of those who have experienced adversity such as addiction, abuse, homelessness, incarceration, or uh, marginalization by providing a place for them to find inner healing as they learn to live out their new identity in Christ and to discover and develop their spiritual gifts and God-ordained place in the Great Commission of Matthew 28. Again, FertileGroundRanch.org. There's also uh, links pinned to the top of my Twitter and in the uh, top of the Packernet Podcast Facebook group if you're interested in learning more or supporting them. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. 
Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Questions, questions, questions. Like always, Bears fans, Bears drop another one in New York to the Giants, 20 to 12. Got a question, everybody today. Valus Jones, catch the ball, kid. You've suited up in two games going back to preseason. Put two of them on the carpet. Can't have it. Don't care if you're fast. Catch the ball. Luke Getze, I'm, I don't know, man. It's <laughs> a lot of questions there with this offensive play calling. Cole Komet, Roquan, you want to run your mouth pregame being the best linebacker in the NFL? Guess what? You're not. 20 million? Get the f*** out of here. Nope. Ebner, not seeing it. There are just so many questions. Gordon, got to sit down. Got to get a different perspective. Eberflus, I'm going to be interested to see what his reaction is after this game. <laughs> so as he's going through his little monologue here, somebody is popping up um, comments because this is a live stream or whatever, and Michael commented, Fat Quan. <laughs> I think the best slams are the ones that are just not creative at all. It's just hilarious. Instead of Roquan, it's Fat Quan. Um, again, I know we deal with this each and every week, but let's get into it. Let's bring out the... So that's the end, but the comments coming in are just as good. The 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 D line is just as bad as the O line or whatever. Um, Roquan. <laughs> How many years and years and years have I been talking about Roquan? no traction oh man let's just let's keep it rolling man come on i'm trying to determine when luke getsy can gets his bag packed because <laughs> i don't get it i don't get it i gotta start interjecting and reading some of these comments because they're hilarious but here's a little bit more on mr luke getsy there's a problem on the offensive coordinator position he doesn't f- gets it he doesn't gets it. Make that a t-shirt. Rainbows and sunshine. Go make that a t-shirt. Or is that too hard? The reality of truth is you got to tackle. You have responsibilities on the backside. You're a Sam linebacker. Tight end goes down. Yes, I have him. My eyeballs are coming. Is there someone crossing my face? I got to get there. Nope. This is they're running Delaware wing T against you, and you're guessing. Oh, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go. You look like fools. You made Daniel Jones look like Lamar Jackson. Oh, that's a great line. I'm going to make that. That right there is a T-shirt. There's so many T-shirts. And then another one of my favorites, because, again, you, you don't trash the guys that we don't know suck, right? It, it's always the path of least resistance, right? Luke Etsy's great. The offensive line is great. The wide receivers are great. Until things start going south, then we need fall guys. 
So we find those fall guys and it becomes like the Alamo, right? Ryan Poles, get in the Alamo. Justin Fields, get in the Alamo. We got to protect you guys until, you know, you know, we know how that story ended. Didn't end very well for the folks in the Alamo. But for now, they're protected inside the confines of the Alamo. These folks, they don't care so much about that. So uh, Ryan Poles, not, uh, not safe. You can't have Poles deciding, my rookie's got to play. My rookie's got to play. No, get out there and make a f- play. I don't care if he's a free agent from Princeton or Saginaw State. Get out there and understand your assignment and make a f- play. That's where you win. Not playing politics. It never wins. So Poles, get your balls on the line and find someone that's going to play nickel the right way. And then the young kid can watch and learn how to do it and go out there and be physical in tackling because that's where he's lacking. Obviously what they're talking about is Paul's first overall pick. who's a second round pick um, massively struggling. He, they, they brought him in. Obviously everybody thought he was going to be this elite boundary corner alongside, um, uh, the heck is the guy's name that they already like? Jalen Johnson. So they, they thought Kyler Gordon would come in, they'd have him and, and Jalen Johnson, it's going to be this absolutely dominant, dynamic duo. Well, Jalen Johnson's hurt, Kyler Gordon sucks, and so they slid him into nickel, and he's just horrible. And then, uh, you know, you got Kendall Vildor, who's also terrible, and it's, it's, uh, it's kind of a disaster. But he's still playing. I wonder why. Wonder why. I'll give you one. Game's on the line. Throw the ball down the field. What do we what do we look like? The sisters of a poor here? You got a chance. You're down eight. Throw it. I don't give a shit. A flag can come down. Run down the field, Getsy. What are you, let's run sprint out. We don't even know who we're blocking. Braxton Jones looks like the reincarnation of Charles Leno's teenage son. Gotta get better. Can't be like this. Everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere there's mistakes except punting and kicking. At the end of the day, there's very few positives that I take out of this game. This is not going to be rainbows and sunshine over here. For me, it starts with the head coach. Today, you lost this game. Anytime you're a defense and you are not prepared and you are so confused, it is the perfect showcase of what Getze isn't doing and what the Giants did to you. Because they stayed in that same formation and kept giving you the same look to confuse your linebackers and your edge and boot it out of there. And they were controlling what you were doing. It's time for you to wake the f*** up and talk to your offensive coordinator, talk to your defensive coordinator, and say this is never going to happen again. I'm going to give you this opportunity because you're a first-year head coach. But today, I hope you lead this presser by saying today is on me. We, as a coaching staff, lost this football game today. So things are going great over there. Everything's just going super great anyways i got a couple more um i'd like to try to get to a couple other teams if possible we'll see how she goes this is via nbc sports this is tom thayer just um i'm sure he's not intending to be this harsh but this is like one of the worst things you could ever say 
to a quarterback, especially a mobile quarterback. And I just, I want everybody to experience it because it's hilarious. So I'm not sitting here. I'm shocked by what's going on in the passing game. I just see an athlete who trusts his legs more than he does his arm, his vision, and his sight. So (laughs) Justin Fields is just an athlete who trusts his legs. It's almost like he's kind of like a running back or something, something like that. Ooh, that gets the people riled up. Gets them going. Um, Adam Rank is always a fun one. He's obviously a diehard Bears fan and um, gets to be a little bit biased. But again, there is no bias that really ultimately leads to talking about how great the team is. So we'll just lead off with this because I thought it was kind of funny. His internet's kind of breaking up, but, you know, it's still the joke lands. You know what? This is one of the most difficult things when you're the fan of a team is having to say goodbye to somebody who meant so much to you, who contributed so much to your team during their tenure as a Chicago Bear. So again, you know, that's that football's a, a cruel business. So it is with a, a heavy heart that we have to say goodbye to one of the greatest Bears of all time, Michael Badgley. Uh, it's, it's difficult to say goodbye to him because he scored every single point for the Chicago Bears on Sunday that we picked up off the street. I think that's the dream of anybody. You're walking down the street, you get a call like, hey, we need you to play this weekend. You go out, you play, you score every point. That's exactly what Michael Badgley did. He had at least four field goals in every Bears game he ever played. That's that's a record that's probably never going to be beat. But you know what? Enough with it. Enough with it. Yeah, enough with that. That's a good point. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's so bad. It's so like this is this is how you open up your show is, you know, laughing at your own pain, sad clown stuff. They're cutting their best player, Michael Badgley, who scored every single point for us last week. Why? Because every single point they scored was a field goal. I'm not going to play it, but we'll 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 be done with Adam Rank because I want to keep moving on here. But he asked an interesting question, and obviously they gave the wrong answer. Which fan base would you rather be, Bears or Lions? And if you're just talking about this year, I don't know. I'd probably still rather be the Lions because at least you get exciting offensive production and everything else. But there's no question in my mind if I had to pick a team, if this was like an investment, I would pick the Lions without any hesitation whatsoever. Not even close to a hesitation. They are a much better culture, first of all. They have what appears to be a pretty good coach and a good coaching staff. They seem to have some pretty good guys that are uh, making decisions as far as GM and, and personnel. They've picked up some pretty solid players. And the biggest thing is that they've put together a good offense. They've started putting pieces on defense, and they don't have a quarterback yet. They haven't even added that piece yet. The Bears have added that piece, and they've been drafting people, and they all suck. Everybody sucks. Everybody's garbage. Nothing is good. The only things that are maybe kind of good are guys that probably aren't going to be there for a ton, for a ton longer. Who who's who? I don't I don't know. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be comfortable betting on either team being like in the Super Bowl in the next five years. But a hundred percent it's the Lions. I mean, they might even be in a position soon enough where they could go out and get a guy. Just you know, even if you don't draft a quarterback, you get that competent game manager to come in. If they can just fix the defense, it'd be all right. It'd be fine. Maybe they have the competent game manager already. Maybe Goff is that guy. He scored a bunch of points. Why not? Anyways, we'll get to Detroit in a minute here. Um, But one of my favorites, uh, if not for 
TTNL is Bears Now by Chat Sports. Not only do I just enjoy the guy and the way that they do things, but they have a massive, massive following. 53,000 subscribers. And so when they do a live stream, there's a ton of people commenting. And they put up a lot of comments on the screen and stuff. (laughs) And um, the funny thing is his demeanor, the guy that is the host, is starting to turn sour and bitter. So (laughs) he doesn't handle the negative comments with as much uh, poise as he used to. But um, yeah, they they went through and did, you know, is Justin Fields the guy? And pretty much everyone that said no, he kind of just, you know, threw a fit about it. But then there's the super chats that he has to put up there. Could and should happen throughout the season. There was this one as well. Don Burr says, Detroit versus everybody, Chicago sucks. Still a better record than you, Donnie. Didn't give up 48 at home to Seattle. (laughs) By the way, I love it when our rivals fight each other because then you can sit back and just go, great point. That's also a great point. Yes, good point by you. What a great point. You guys are making so many points. Lions guy goes out and trashes him (laughs) and he gets mad. At least I didn't give up 49 to Geno Smith. Yeah, yeah. Chicago does suck. And also, great point about Geno Smith. I don't think he's done. He's going to take a sip of cola and continue his tirade. Gino Smith looking like freaking Kurt Warner the other day. Kurt Warner. Good work, Don. Good work, Campbell. Good work, kneecaps. All right, who you got this week? <laughs> Good work, kneecaps. <laughs> oh, the joys. I wish there was just a podcast that was like Vikings, Bears, and Lions fans, and they just would just scream at each other. I'd just sit and watch and watch. It'd be great. Then they get into predictions, and uh, like always, type your comments in the comments about who's going to win. CHI for Chicago, MIN for Minnesota, and he's quick to give his prediction right off the top. I'll be honest, probably picking the Vikings here. (laughs) Which makes sense, and and, you know, it makes me sad. The Vikings are probably going to absolutely curb stomp the Chicago Bears, but um, at the the end of the day, the Vikings are going to curb stomp the Chicago Bears, which is great. It's horrible and great at the same time. Here's another super chat. If you want to know how far Bears fans have fallen, here's a super chat for Irvin you. Irvin says, you think the Bears got a chance to beat the Jets? Of course they have a chance to beat the Jets. The Jets are improved, <laughs> but a chance? Yes, they have a chance. So- Do they have a chance to beat the Jets? I love this so much. By the way, I've watched this long enough now to, to get to know some of the commenters, and there's a guy by the name of Sangray Kim who is a massive troll with a lot of money and he's constantly dropping money so that they have to put his comments up. And then he just kind of drags the team. I think he's a bear fan, but I have no idea. Saying Ray Kim. So how exactly are we better than last year? Not jumping on loose balls, hits principal <laughs> offense is worse uh, with net. Uh, the nag is defense, missing tackles. No intense. I will say this thing, right? The running offense is much better this year than it was last year. So that's number one. Uh, but yeah, it was a bad day for the hits principal. Missed tackles, blown assignments, not jumping on fumbles. Not a good showing against the Giants, which we outlined over the last several days. Zane Gray. That was, uh, I don't know if you caught it. Hopefully the kids didn't, but his um, his nickname for Eberflus. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Should we keep going with comments? Let's keep going with comments. A few comments. more super chats. They're rolling in today. Fields is going to ask for a trade next year if this keeps going on and Getsy is a Green Bay uh, sleeper cell. <laughs> Fields is going to ask for a trade and Getsy is a Green Bay sleeper cell. He's a plant from the Packers. Is this even a real team? This is a real thing that's happening right now. This is this is this is awesome. They've got 
They've got a segment, who deserves the most blame, type JF for Justin Fields, PC for players and coaches, the guys around him, or RP for Ryan Poles. Only one person I can see in the entire comment section put JF, and it's uh, the name is Matt Nagy. <laughs> Here's another one, not necessarily a devastating comment, but when you consider all that talk that was going on about how great Robert Quinn is was by the uh, start of the year, this is not what people would have expected after just a handful of weeks. Bell's heir to the Bears trade for or trade Robert Quinn. He hasn't done much. Yeah, he certainly hasn't been great this year. Um, Andrew Thomas shut him down. Good for him. He's a damn good tackle in New York. Um, I, I could see them trading Quinn, though. Like, I don't know. You got, what, four games? I think the Bears have four games. After the Cowboys game, which is week eight, is the trade deadline. Let's say you're two and two right now, four more games. Let's say you're three and five. Good enough. You get the point. The point is... It was stupid to think that Quinn would leave or that they'd get rid of him, and he's one of the premier guys, and look at all the sacks he got, blah, blah, blah. Where is he now? Where did I say he would be, by the way? Didn't I say that his sack numbers and everything were unsustainable, that are not going to be able to repeat that, all that stuff? Do you remember that? Basic. This is basic stuff. All right, I'll tell you what. Let's do one Lions here. All right, we're going to do one Lions. We got we got to do the Lions. I, I It feels stupid because nobody cares, right? Yeah, they suck. They always suck, whatever. But um, this is pretty good. This is pretty good. We're going to do the Lions, kind of check in on them, see how they're doing. Here we go. I need to address some Lions fans, some friends of mine. Don't act like you weren't part of it. I was part of it. I ain't going to lie to you. That's fair. At least, yeah. Guys, we fell for the okie doke. <laughs> we did. Y'all did. It's, you're upset. Clearly, guys, I see it. It's all over Twitter. You're all over the YouTube Uber Sports chat. You guys, we fell for the okie doke. Hard knocks got us gassed up. 15 and 2. Matter of fact, yeah, throw, boom. Hard knocks got you gassed up. Look at that defense from last year, Spitty. <laughs> 2021, we left the second most points in the league. Yeah. The year before that, 2020, we left the second most in league history. Mm-hmm. We're probably going to get with the most. Guys, here. I can't argue with you. <laughs> no. You mad, and I get it. You you feel stupid. You look stupid. I'm sure if you search your tweet history, I probably have it there too. Detroit Lions got defense this year. Excited about Aiden Hudson this year. Flannel Sam, how many sacks you had Aiden Hudson getting? Twelve. Twelve. We feel stupid. We look stupid. <laughs> and we mad. Just for the record, this is Woodward Sports. They're they're um they remind me of the tape never lies, but for the Lions. So I have a feeling we're gonna we're gonna get some mileage out of this, but just for the record, that was freak. This whole thing is hilarious. He asked a guy off camera, how many sacks did you say Aiden Hutchinson was going to get? The camera pans to a guy wearing a hot dog outfit saying 12. And then they go back and say, you feel stupid. Oh, so good. I said, you remember the big hard knock thing? Oh, I think we got a defense. They got defense, boys. They, they had you. They had you guys hook, line, and sinker. I think got defense, boys. Trying, and and I get it, sink. man. I get, I, I get temporary emotional decisions. I, I've been to jail. I've done it. I love that he compares being a Lions fan and actually believing in the Lions with going to prison. <laughs> it's on the same level of stupid decisions. Anyways, I think that's good enough. Um, there are other teams in the NFL, but I'm kind of whipped. I'm going to call it. Got to start turning our attention to the New York Giants. We will get started on that post-haste. Whatever that actually means. You guys have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.